This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show in which we, every single morning, give you guys all the latest Arsenal updates, Arsenal transfer news, speculations, rumours and try and explain and make a little bit of sense of everything whilst, of course, getting your thoughts in the live chat box as well. Good morning. I hope you are well. Having a good day. Good start to the week. So far, i only got three days left, so uh, don't worry, weekend will be around soon. And Arsenal, of course, playing tonight, which hopefully will help break, or we say hopefully, will help break up the week a little bit as well. Um, before we reach the final days of the season and then the explosion of transfer news, and of course the European Championships will as well uh, come onto the scene. We've got a few things to go through today. It's been a little bit slow, but there is some interesting stuff, of course, that fell out from Arteta's press conference that I want to try and explain a little bit towards the end. Even I have struggled to try and get my head around some of this, but we're going to try and go through it um, and explain some homegrown stuff and, and try and work that out as well for next season and explain why some of his comments made absolutely no sense at all. Um, but to kick things off, we're going to start with uh, this guy. Uh, Ridvan Yilmaz. Now, some of you uh, may know who I'm talking about. Some of you will have absolutely no idea um, <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but this uh, this guy, Ridvan Yilmaz, is a player who plays for Besiktas. He's a 19-year-old left-back. Of course, all these things start to suddenly sound like Arsenal may be interested. They're looking for a backup left-back. Of course, we think that Ryan Bertrand is going to be that guy, but a lot of people feel that we should be going towards more of the younger end of the spectrum with the players that we're targeting in this position. And this guy came out, or rather his quotes came out yesterday, you may have seen on social media, uh, turning around and saying, I want to leave Besiktas by making money. My heart is in favour of England. I want to play for Arsenal. Now, immediately, obviously, the reaction on social media was, we don't want this guy. Why would he want to leave Besiktas to make money when that is not what he said at all? It's a, it's a really poor kind of translation. But basically what he wants to do or what he's saying is, is that if he leaves Besiktas, he wants to help the club make money based upon his transfer fee. So if you did read this story um, and think, 
why the hell is he going to want to leave to make money? Why would he want to come to Arsenal for that reason? Although Arsenal do like to give out some pretty high-level contracts to players that don't necessarily deserve them. Um, the thing with this one is, is that he's actually talking about um, wanting to leave to make Besiktas money. But he wants to come to Arsenal. Now, I'm going to hold my hands up and be like, I did not know this guy existed before yesterday. I'm not a big watcher of the Turkish league at all. Um, I don't look into that stuff only when Arsenal are linked to someone. I've not seen any concrete links between Arsenal and this guy at all. I asked a couple of people I know, and they said, no, this guy is just literally talking about his own want um, to to come to Arsenal. There's no interest. There's nothing that's been concrete. Whether what he talks about makes Arsenal look at him, we don't know. But nothing has come forward about this. So I have absolutely no idea um it, about him or i'm not going to be looking into him any tactical breakdowns we're not going to be doing because until he's actually linked to the club with a legitimate kind of pursuit um then i'm not i'm not going to be chasing this one up but it was important i thought to do he's a 19 year old left back he's been called up i think to the turkish national side now so he must be fairly decent because the turkish national side are doing very well i'm excited to watch them at the uh at the euros barak yilmaz uh his namesake of course in the first team doing very well at lille um so i'll be keeping track of that see how he does at the euros if he plays but uh, not certainly one that I will be putting any effort into right now. Um, so there you go. Um, I see a lot of you are asking about kind of who is he basically, but I genuinely, I know nothing. I just know that Arsenal have not registered any interest and all of the talk is coming from uh, Ridvan Yulmaz. Absolutely. So let's go on to our next story it involves around this guy. Now, I was in a toss-up as to what um, I would do for the headline for today, which I'm sure a lot of you have clicked on the video for, I'll start between what I've gone for and between the other headline, which effectively would have been he used us (laughs) or they used us um, because uh, the news that's coming out uh, is that there is no interest from Camavinga's camp whatsoever in a move to Arsenal. You may have seen uh, the AFC Bell tweeting out saying that the reports that Arsenal had no chance were untrue and that if Arsenal had put a bid in, it would have been evaluated effectively. Um, you would have seen that David Ornstein saying that Arsenal have absolutely no chance in signing Camavinga this summer. Now, um, <laughs> when it comes down to uh, the the player himself, he is fairly open about where he goes next. He wants to play and, and, and develop and improve. Kamavinga is, honestly, from hearing him speak, uh, reading interviews that he's done, one of the most mature teenagers in these interviews about where his head is at, where he wants to go, how realistic he is about moves, what he thinks best for his future. He's got his head screwed on, this kid. Um, and basically, it does appear like the links that came out of France a few weeks back, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, about basically that he wanted to uh, move to, well, but he was open to a move to Arsenal and Arsenal were doing everything they could to try and get this deal done. It does very much turn out that those links were, surprise, surprise, not very truthful. And in fact, that these were kind of leaked to uh, those reporters to effectively panic other clubs into thinking that Arsenal were going to get a head start on them regarding Camavinga, the likes of Real Madrid, the likes of Bayern Munich, etc., who are going to be the genuine clubs that are in contention for his signature. Um, but the the agency has done very well. Obviously, his agent is Jonathan Barnett, who obviously manages like the likes of Gareth Bale, etc. He knows what he's doing. He's been around the block a fair few times regarding these deals, so I'm sure that 
any reports that were not true, uh, you know that there's been a little bit of uh, tomfoolery going on. Um, but basically, Arsenal have been used in this scenario to, to hype up the transfer, to get other players moving, to get more contacts going, to panic people. Um, so there you go. As Max Menendez in the chat says, everyone uses Arsenal's name. It's a very common thing that we see, and it's why we like to cover every single story as feasibly possible. So when this happens, we can try and explain to you guys what has absolutely happened in this case. Um, John says, if he has his head screwed on, he won't be coming here right now, which is very true. Good morning, Wayne. Uh, Matt says he used us. We've been mugged off. I wouldn't say it's him specifically. At the end of the day, a lot of players don't necessarily control everything their agents and their representatives do. So I wouldn't go personally going on for this guy whatsoever. Good morning, Janice. Hope you're well, mate. Uh, Tom says, what a surprise. Really? You don't say, says Jasha. Yes, this is just the way it is. It's how it works uh, in the world of football. Um, I'm not surprised that people are, are not buying into this one. I was very, very... There was always part of me that when you see a link, you obviously want to try and effectively will it into existence sometimes um, with, with how much you like the sound of it. But it is important to stay grounded and to obviously not worry too much about trying to get these deals uh, in your head uh, and really believing they're going to happen. Let's uh, go on to the next story, which revolves around William Saliba. Now, William Saliba, of course, has spent the second half of the season on loan at Nice. And in Arteta's press conference, which is the main kind of bulk of our story today and, and reacting to some of that, um, Saliba uh, was effectively told by Arteta that his situation is going to be assessed. In fact, I'll tell you what Arteta said. He said, when we finish the season, we will sit down and discuss the roles of every member of the squad and how they can fulfill that role. And he's our player. So he'll be back here for sure. After that, we will make a decision based on the argument of that role uh, that each player is going to have in the squads. Now, this is a very open-ended kind of um, comment from Arteta. Is he ready to be Arsenal's number one starting right back? In a perfect world, I would say probably not. I'd like to see him develop a little bit more and be given a, kind of a few chances here and there. But the reality of the situation is that I don't believe in Rob Holding to be at the level to be Arsenal's starting right back for the throughout next season. And I believe that he has obviously the higher ceiling for me and that uh, we have the potential to really give this guy opportunities next season to play plenty of matches to to mould himself into a Premier League standard player within next season. So I would like to see him being given a lot more minutes. But I am surprised at how standoffish Arteta is still being about this situation. It's a very delicate situation. There is effectively a relationship that kind of needs to be rebuilt between him and the club because it's not the best from what we was effectively told. I mean, if you, if you remember back in, I think it was December, I wrote an exclusive article for 101 on this. Uh, about the struggles that he'd had, about how he was very unhappy, about the reasons why he was omitted from the squad, very much related to his behaviour after the French Cup final, which he wasn't allowed to partake in with Saint-Étienne. Some other things happened behind the scenes. He was thrown into the under-23s. He was not happy about playing for the under-23s at all. There are some very strong quotes uh, that have not been published from him about playing for the under-23s. Um, but... It's, it's a delicate scenario and Arsenal need to do all they can to really kind of rebuild this relationship. And I think that they do need to be giving him as many minutes as possible at the start of next season and trying to get him into the team. I think I don't like using the say Fafana as an example. And I think Fafana was the better player of the two. And certainly people I talked to who watched the pair of them in France feel that Fafana uh, was the better player of the two has gone on to do some really good stuff for Leicester this season. But 
at the same time, if you are Saliba and you see your old teammate going off and playing like he has and winning an FA Cup, it must be very kind of frustrating. And even Fafana himself obviously posted that Instagram post when he left for Nice, basically saying he's now free. So you know that they've been talking behind the scenes. Um, I think Saliba has the potential to show what Fafana has this season. But between the pair of them, it was very much assumed by the French football experts that I know that Fafana was the better player of the two at the time. It doesn't mean that Saliba can't become better than Fafana in the future, but um, that certainly he is someone that has, has been affected heavily by this situation and, and that is going to be a real struggle uh, for him next season. But I hope that um, he plays a lot more next season. And says, I don't know about you, but I don't think Arteta fancies Saliba as our starting centre-back. That worries me about his judgment. Hopefully, I'll be proved wrong next season and his ability will shine through. JD says, why can't Saliba be what Fafana has been doing? Saliba was supposed to be the more talented. Uh, not as far as I'm aware. Maybe with a higher ceiling, but certainly in regards to how he was viewed in France and the people I know, Fafana was a, a high, higher rated player in, in the sense between the time. I mean, you look at the transfer fee that's been associated with both of them. That certainly tells a story. Um, Max Menendez says Fafana doesn't look great without Evans, but still a great signing. And this is also something you need to factor in at Arsenal is that whoever he plays next to is not necessarily going to be the most experienced unless it's the likes of Pablo Marie, who's 27. But Gabriel is going to turn 23 this season. That's still quite young for a centre-back. So he's not going to be able to necessarily have an experienced head like a David Luiz next to him to help coach him through. And if we sign a right-back like a Max Ahrens or an Emerson, they themselves are also very young. So it is going to be a very young defensive line, which is something that is a little bit of a concern. And why you may see the likes of Holding and Marie get a fair few games next season still. Um, it's something to factor in to not have too much of an inexperienced back line because they meant to support and help each other. And that's why David Luiz has been such a big miss for us in the second half of this season. Um, Clive Palmer says Saliba is the Luiz. Gabriel is the Fafana in profile. I love the fact that Saliba's got the same kind of mobility. He's definitely, his exploits in his passing shine through in the way that he wants to break the lines, push forward with the ball. He's great on the ball with Saliba and he's a lot more mobile than we've got on our right hand side uh, with obviously Rob Holding. Um, it's interesting though, Clive, you say that, that the Fafana is kind of the Gabriel side of things because I always look at kind of Gabriel as our... Oh, our Joe Gomez, our Joel Matip in a way, not the defensive centre-back signing that's going to transform Arsenal's fortunes. I don't think we've gone out and signed a Van Dijk yet. I still arguably think that if we had the money, we should be ruthless in the market and go out and sign a Van Dijk-esque or a Ruben Diaz-esque type of signing that really transformed things, no matter the impact it would have on any of our centre-backs because it would be so important for us moving forwards. But the situation we find ourselves in is that ultimately the real investment this summer has to go into the midfield, into the right-back area, possibly in the forward line as well, depending on departures that we have. So that's going to be a really difficult thing to kind of balance in the squad and how we invest our money. But if you ever had a situation where a, a centre-back of the level of Ruben Diaz or Van Dijk was there and Arsenal had a chance at signing them, having Saliba in the squad would definitely not sway my judgment about wanting to go for someone like that because of the impacts that they could have and how they could elevate this squad. And I think that some people get very obviously attached to wanting to see the youngsters flourish. But if there is a chance to sign a, an utterly transformative figure that can raise your game of your team like Van Dijk and Ruben Diaz have done for Liverpool and City, it, you're mad not to go for it, in my opinion. But I don't think we're going to do that. So the, the emphasis is going to be obviously on Saliba being that guy to, to push us forwards and to develop into a player that maybe one day can be on those levels. 
That's what we've got to hope for. Let's go on to the kind of the main big story of the day, uh, which revolves around Arteta's press conference, uh, in which he said, every player that is under contract is very likely to be here with us next season. This is what he said, which has obviously sparked a lot of frustration in the fan base, quite rightly in some senses. I think the fan base have absolutely been thrown back and forth with the amount of comments we've heard from Arteta and from the ownership we're being thrown about from side to side, like a bouncy castle that's been thrown around. And it does get frustrating. Um, it does, because when you think about the words that they've said, that he's excited about the resources they're going to be given, how we've got big plans to invest from the ownership, etc., etc. the reports that come out about war chests, blah, blah, blah. So when you see comments and quotes like this from the manager, I have the empathy for the fan base that it is very, very frustrating. Because if you take this statement literally, it means that these three players are going to be here next season. For a, Whilst I disagree in, in one of them, I would still probably keep Granite Xhaka. But I know for a lot of people, they want to see the back. And I want to see the back of Willian and Kalasnach. In some cases, Xhaka as well. And there are plenty more in the squad too. That That is the situation that we find ourselves in. So when Arteta makes these comments and you see about these guys... And they're obviously going to be under contract next season. Klasnach has one year. Xhaka has two. Willian has two. It, it, it's just a really kind of awful comment to say. Um, and I don't like being really openly critical of Arteta at times, but this time it really is worthy of it. Now, I want to go through the reasons why you shouldn't overreact about that quote and that statement because effectively it's impossible for that to be true if we want to strengthen the squad this summer. So whilst I saw a meltdown on Twitter yesterday, as you would expect from a comment like that from Arteta, it is important to try and take a step back sometimes before you go onto your phone and explode all over social media. Take a step back and think, is that the reality? Are we actually in a situation where the whole of the squad is very likely to be here next season? The, the, the answer to that is no. There are a few reasons for that. But first, we've got to try and understand the squad as a whole and the homegrown quotas and stuff like this. So... When you look at the, the actual, like, what the definition of a homegrown player is, if I just go and get it up now. So each Premier League team can only register 25 players over the age of 21 for that season's first team matches. Of those 25 players, no more than 17 can be uh, non-homegrown players. In other words, if you want the full complement of 25 over 21 players, you have to have at least eight homegrown. A homegrown player is defined by the Premier League as a player who is A, older uh, or 21, so he's 21 or older, uh, on the January 1st of the year in which that season begins. So if a player was 21 on January 1st of this year, um, then they count as a homegrown player uh, for this season. Uh, so uh, in which that season begins and B, uh, so as another option, has spent three years between the ages of 16 and 21 with a team in the English Football League system. Um, and, and this is where it gets a little bit confusing for me. So it's a player who is 21 or older on January 1st of the, league, of the year in which that season begins and B, has spent three years between the ages of 16 and 21 with a team in the English Football League system. So that's your Salibas, that's your Martinelli's for the second one. Is If they've been with Arsenal between the ages of 16 and 21, they can become homegrown players. It's the same reason why Hector Bellerin is a homegrown player, for example. Um, the problem is, is that 
you've got a player like Tierney, who's obviously Scottish and joined Arsenal at the age of 22. He doesn't count as homegrown, which really surprised me because uh, I was under this whole impression that it was about a British thing. It's not, so I was completely wrong on that. It has to be someone that's been with uh, and in the English Football League system, not the UK system, not the Scottish system. So whilst Ramsey counted, because of course he was with Cardiff, who although are a Welsh club, Cardiff are in the English Football League system, Kieran doesn't count as that, which completely went over my head um, at times. So it does, it does go to show that it's really difficult to understand. Anyway, all of these players count over that uh, non-homegrown bracket. So remember, you're only allowed to have um, – you can have no more than 17. 17 is the max. And so we've got Gabriel, Marie, Kalasinac, uh, Torreira, Tierney, Partey, Xhaka, Pepe, Elneny, Leno, Cedric, Willian, Abamyang, uh, Genduzi, who is now, of course, in that age bracket as well, Mavropanos, who's in that age bracket too, um, Lacazette and Runnison. So that there is 17 players. So we're at the moment, when you think about those guys, you are in capacity with those with those players that are there. You've then got our homegrown players, so our 21 or older players that are um, 21 or older that came through the English system, um, uh, like Bellerin, for instance, but Maitland-Niles, Joe Willock, Holding, Chambers, and Ketia now, and Nelson, all count towards that homegrown quota. The players that don't, obviously, that we don't register are the players that are what you would say are under that age bracket at the moment, under the age of 21, which is Martinelli, Saka, Smith-Rowe and William Saliba. Now, I I sat for about 30 minutes trying to work this out, making sure I've put them into the right selections. I really... Um, I really... Uh, I was confused about certain things. It's a really difficult thing to get your head around. Um, so if anyone in the chat box thinks I've got anything wrong, please don't feel embarrassed to point it out and don't feel like you're embarrassing me. I love to learn. So tell me if I've made a mistake, but I'm pretty sure from the research that I was spent doing this morning of working out who counts in the squad, this is what we've come up with. And basically what it means is obviously is we're at capacity right now. We're at capacity of the 17 non-homegrown players. So that if we wanted to register the whole squad next season, this is what it would look like because we've got these 17 non-homegrown players. Remember, David Luiz has gone, Mustafi's gone, Socrates has gone, Ozil's gone. And you've got those seven uh, homegrown players over the age of 21 um, and you have to register a 25-man squad. So you can obviously put your Saka or your Smith Rowe, but at the moment we have the capacity to sign a over the age of 21 homegrown player. So yeah, Max Ahrens, for instance, could go into those green slots that we've got there. But the point of doing this is that the quote from Arteta, which I'll go back to, but the quote from Arteta was, every player that is under the contract is very likely to be here with us next season. This is why we can't take this literally, because if we took it literally, that is effectively Arteta saying that all of those 17 non-homegrown players over the age of 21 is going to be here. Now, we know for a f we know Kalasnac is probably not going to be here. Torreira is probably not going to be here. Elneny may not even be here. Leno may not even be here. Genduzi is probably not going to be here. Mavropanos is probably not going to be here. Willian still could go. I'd like to see the likes of Runnison and Cedric. A lot of people would like to see Xhaka go. There is a hell of a lot of players that are in our non-homegrown quota that are going to be leaving. And that is a ridiculous amount of players so we know for a fact that what Arteta said there is just simply 
not true. It is not true that everyone that is under contract next season is very likely to stay because we are going to lose a lot of those. You also have to factor in the point is if we want to sign anyone from abroad, which I'm sure the club are planning on doing, we have no space right now. We have no slots to put them into if they are a non-homegrown player. So for every non-homegrown player that we want to sign, one of those players in the red circles has got to be taken out. So this is the point, and this is why I wanted to explain it to everyone, is that it does not matter what that statement was. It is not categorically a real... It's not a realism. It's just not going to happen. Now, why did he say it? The obvious answer would go, oh, he's a liar then. So he's lied to us. Well, yes, unfortunately he has. And if you're a sensitive person, I'm sorry. Um, you're going to have to deal with that. It's going to happen quite a lot. It's how football works. People aren't honest. There are reasons why. One of the reasons clearly why is why on earth would Arteta say that our players are for sale? Why would he say that? Why would he lower the value of our players? Why would he turn around and say, yes, look, I'm going to get rid of this guy, this guy, this guy. You can all, everyone, you can have these guys. I don't want them. Because instantly, that is going to lower the price of those players. That's the situation that we find ourselves in, is that you have to be a little bit savvy, my favorite words, in the market, and you have to twist and bend the truth, and you have to be a little bit shady at times in order to get the best possible deal for the players. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in. So we need to move these players out. We need to get some players in. Of course, if you want to find out how I feel about the summer transfer window, how Drew feels about the summer transfer window, on yesterday's Let's Talk Arsenal show, me and him did our perfect summer windows where we did all of our outs, all of our ins, and our starting 11s for next season. That's the latest video on the channel, so make sure you check, check that one out. Let's see what you're saying in the chat box. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, I'm certain that Eddie Reese and Joe are still classed as under-21s. Okay, well, let's go through this again and see if I was wrong about this. So a homegrown player, as defined by the Premier League, is a player who is A, 21 or older on January 1st of the year in which the season begins. So Reese Nelson is currently 21 years of age, okay? He turned 21 in December. So because he turned 21 in December... He counts as the 21 or older because he was 21 on January 1st. Let's go to Joe Willock and see how old Joe Willock is and when he turned 21. So Joe Willock, again, is 21. He turns 21 on August of last year, which means he was still 21 on January 1st of this year, which means he counts as a homegrown player. Eddie Nketiah, how old is Eddie Nketiah? He is 21 uh, and he turns 21 on May 30th of last year. So, yes, he also was 21 on the 1st of January this year, which means he is a homegrown player in that quota. So it is very difficult to, to work out. But, yes, Eddie, Reese, and Joe are all classed as now 21 and older homegrown players. So they would go towards that quota, which I think for a lot of people is a big reason why I would, I've would i leaned much more towards keeping Joe Willock because he counts in our homegrown quota, which is important. I haven't leaned towards Nelson and Nketiah, but I have leaned towards Joe Willock for this example and for this reason, uh, and, and that's very important. Now, one thing that I don't know, and one thing that I obviously want to get your guys, um, you may be able to tell me in the chat box if I am wrong about this, but if you are under your homegrown sort of quota, say we obviously need eight in the squads, or you need, well, you can't have any more than... 17 non-homegrown. I'm pretty sure that you don't have to register 
Um, you can register rather players that are under the age of 21 that are still homegrown. So I'm pretty sure that you could register Saka and Smith-Rowe in our 25-man squad and they would count in that homegrown side of things. I'm pretty sure because obviously they've trained at Arsenal between the ages of 16 and, and whatever they are. So they've become that homegrown kind of uh, quota. Martinelli and Saliba will do in a year's time, having been at Arsenal for three years uh, and for three seasons. So I'm pretty sure they will also count in that bracket, haven't been with them. So as long as we don't have any more than 17 non-homegrown players, we should be fine. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you can register Saka and you can register Smith-Rowe and they'll just become part of your 25-man squad and they'll be in that homegrown kind of bracket. So we may have to end up adding someone else in uh, and then that'll be fine. Um, so Mitchell says, absolutely, you can, Tom. You could register any youngster to fill the quota as long as they're English, of course, um, and they would fill that quota. Uh, Philip says, this is another reason why we should sign Bertrand. Exactly. This is why I'm a big fan of the signings of Bertrand and why I've leaned more towards Max Aarons over Emerson as well. I think those two players, you bring them in, they take the place of Eddie Nketiah and Nelson in the squad. You can then put Saka or Smith-Rowe. You could even go out and sign someone else that would be a homegrown player, Jack Grealish, for instance, if you want to get really exciting. Um, go into those sort of brackets but of our homegrown quota we're probably going to lose three maybe even four because Bellerin's going to go Maitland-Niles is going to go Eddie Nketiah could go and Nelson could go so that's four that we could see go this summer so we're going to need to replace those Bertrand needs to come in Aaron's needs to come in I'm hoping that Aaron's is going to happen fingers crossed a lot of stuff needs to happen behind the scenes for it to happen but fingers crossed it's going to um you probably put Balogun is obviously going to hopefully come into the first team squad as well. So you've got to think about him. Okonkwo, Arta Okonkwo, um, who's been with the squad for quite a while. Obviously, Runnison wasn't registered for the Europa League. So Okonkwo was the third choice keeper in that. Uh, Mavropanos, James, doesn't class as homegrown because he joined us uh, at a certain age, which means he doesn't count, unfortunately. So he isn't in that slot of homegrown players, which is frustrating. Um, but yes, he, he joined us and he doesn't, he didn't spend three years between 16 and whatever the ages, I don't think. So I don't think he counts, which is annoying because uh, I think he missed out by one year. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the, I mean, Jashar, in terms of says, I'll reach out, but I think you can be 21 when the season starts. I've just, I've read you the rule. It's when, it's when then, if you're 21 by the age of January 1st of the year, the season starts, that's the rule. That's, that's how it works. Um, that's just how it works. Uh, Arsenic says, we need five first-team players and not another lot of bench fodder. Sign a top-class players and allow the youngsters to learn and develop. I mean, there there you go. Uh, Chambers as well. Yes, maybe Chambers is going to go, Kendall. We, uh, we don't know. Kendall could also leave at this point. So there's lots of players that could still leave. I'm hoping, though, that's given you some insight into how the system works, how the homegrown quota works, why Arteta's com uh, comments did not lead into the truth and i hope that that has worked out for you if that is the case um or even if it isn't please still drop a like on the video i really would appreciate it are you appreciate the work that's going into these shows every single day that we're joining you as well of course it's an absolute pleasure to do this um i hopefully will be doing a show for you guys about two o'clock uh, i'm not sure that show is it could be a tactical breakdown it might be a reaction to some news that drops at the moment I'm not sure. I'm probably leaning towards a tactical breakdown on our favourite uh, Tosin Adarabio. Um, so that should be hopefully coming out today, maybe tomorrow. We'll see that. But we have been linked to him and I've got some expert insight to show you guys on that. So Tosin Adarabio is going to be uh, hopefully the focus of the show 
as well. Anyway, absolute pleasure, guys, to tune in with you as always. I will see you a little bit later today, and if not tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. every single day, giving you the latest Arsenal transfer information and trying to explain it to you as best as feasibly possible. It's a pleasure as always, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mc delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.